podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, Dior. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddock blues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Jamie and this is potentially our last one of the season, and we're safe, mate. I I can't believe it. I'm still there. Uh, absolutely shocked. My body's wrecked. Everything's killing. I'm so relieved. Just a completely different person now. Where, uh, yeah, just give us your initial thoughts on how much relief. It, it, were you celebrating, or are you just relieved? Um, I think celebrating for the first two minutes, three minutes, and then it was relief. Then it sort of turned to anger a little bit. Um that we've been put back in this position and it was just a mix of emotions, right? I think I've slept more than I've slept in the last three months. Mm. Um, Just everything. As you said before, you're just, people listening to this podcast, they'll know exactly how we all feel and you're just a different person. Yeah. You, you I, I, I mean? feel like I've, I've been in like a, a trance for 10 months. Yeah, I do. It's been the worst season I think I can ever. I've said this on previous pods. The worst season I can ever remember. And you know, I've had messages of people going, "God, you, you don't have to like kicking off on that podcast, don't you?" But it's it, it's genuinely our feel. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so stressful supporting this football club. And I honestly thought we were down. I I, I didn't give us a chance. Like so, I, I'll admit that. But just talk us through your day, Jamie, because I know you're in the, uh, the hospitality, weren't you, for the first time? So. I was yeah, that I, went out, I went up in style, to be honest. Yeah, so was it, was it as good as you expected or did you expect more? Um, no, it was good. As, to be honest, I expected less. I know that sounds that, but we're talking about Everton Football Club here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told everyone I think I'm going to get a Chicago Tarp pizza with microwave for us. with the meal. <laughs> microchips. That's what I expect. Yeah, microchips, that's what yes. I expected. But it was actually, no, it was all right. So um, we got there about, about two. And then you, you sort of have your own little table, you sit down, they bring your drinks over to you. Um, but it was great. Listen, obviously, the nerves are still there, but it was a massive distraction as well. It was really good to, like, we were in the 85 lounge where the Cup Winners Cup was there, the league was there, you sat there thinking. I actually said to my daddy, who was sat there with me, you watched us win that, and now you're about to go upstairs and watch us potentially get relegated. And he's just, he's just like, look at me, sir. Thanks for that. Yeah. But um, honestly, mate, no, if anyone's ever ever got the chance to do it, I know next season's probably the last time, but do it. it, it it's it's boss. It's a total different experience. You're all your health, you No, no. But you know what? It was dead cheap. Like, I think I had like uh, two pints before it, two pints, and we, we had, my dad had two pints before it. Uh, pint at half time and then two pints after the reach and it comes to 30 quid which you know I think you talk 
talking about ten nine pints. Well, I think we went through. I don't know. Can't remember. Um, but just today, like you get there, the programs in front of you. I like you, Paula. Massive, massively don't touch programs because every time I do, we get beat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the same. <laughs> yeah so I had to. We get always think it's all, we we think that the reason Everton's so shite is because of us two gobshites. <laughs> it's not, yeah. but you yeah. just get it in your head, don't you? That it is. It's our oh, fault. It's like, terrible. Yeah. Well, I have loads of things like that, but I wouldn't touch the match day program. So it was on the chair. So I pulled the chair out. My dad picked the match day program and took it with him because I genuinely wouldn't touch it with my own hands. Um. We get the team sheet about five minutes before it gets announced, which I thought was quite good. As they say, it was hot off the press, and it actually was, which it, it, it that was good. Um, it wasn't a, wasn't a bobble landing that to you, was it, that uh, team sheet? I don't know. Probably, yeah. There was a <laughs> lot of people in there. Dave Jones come in and give a little bit of a speech. It's also got people round up. You know, CX players, James McFadden was there. Uh, Graeme Stewart, I think, he, I think he's a part of the furniture. I think he lives there, doesn't he? Yeah. But yeah, it was good. I can say it was good now in the moments. And it was a shot, but mm-hmm. looking back on the day, it was it was a boss day. What was yours? Because yeah. like, I'm doing all the lardy da type of thing. A yeah. little bit of me wanted to be on County Road. Well, to be honest with you, I was at a christening in the um, I was godfather to Anthony, who's on the podcast. Is two, he had got two little girls. I was godfather to them, so. I think everyone's looking at me going, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be going to match? And then I was yeah. like, listen, I'm, I am. He's giving me permission to go to match. I'm I'm going to go to match in a bit. Like, and I uh, went to the match with my dad and we parked up. I, did, I didn't have any drinks on uh, Sunday afternoon. I thought I'm staying sober. I want to I wanna have a clear head for this. I don't want to yeah. get up to any shenanigans. And we got onto County Road and I just seen how packed the road was. And it was like unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was watching, but we avoided that. We went straight in the grounds, I'd say, about an hour before, sitting there waiting, just uh, baking in the sun, by the way, in that paddock, to head up with a bit of sunstroke there. But no, it's probably one of the most nervous I've ever been in a match in my life. Like, um, you just you can't explain the feelings of it's hard to like any other fans, if any other fans listen, it's you be, you're basically faced with death, and it might sound really extreme that, but. Your football club staring into the abyss, and you don't know what's going to come after it. If you go down, you could just never come back. And no. Everton in the Championship just doesn't make any sense to none of us, does it? Seventy years in the top flight, but uh, overall it was a good day. But uh, yeah, yeah, what did you make of them scenes on County Road? Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? No, I honestly mate. I, um, as I say, we got there, we walked sort of just straight through down. Past the Winslow, that's how you get in. So you didn't, I didn't see any of that. Uh, but when I seen it later on in the night, I was just thinking, wow, wow. If anyone was to look at that, you'd think we would have won the Champions League or the Premier League yeah. or something. You know, if you're an if you're an owner or an investor, and you look yeah, at that and go, I fancy a bit of that. It just looks like we're wait. The whole place is just waiting to explode, but in a good way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like these are ready. They've got the fan base. Look at um, just. Even that, don't even need any other points. If you're an investor or a new owner, something you go, look at this fan base. They're behind them. They're absolutely shite. And that they're crazy. A lot of them are just behind them, no matter what. I think Does that's the best so way to describe it. It's just crazy, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Just crazy. Like, it's mad because I got... Obviously, all through the week, you, you, you know yourself, but you, you're trying to 
you're thinking of everything else. It isn't the end of the world. It isn't there's bigger things in life. And you give yourself that big spiel, which everyone does. And it is true, there's bigger things in the world, by the way. But you convince yourself this isn't the be all and end all because you don't want it to hurt as much. Um, but when you step into that ground, there's nothing else that matters. And then the nerves get to you then. And that's where that, my uncle in. I was all right until I stepped into that ground. But County Road, I was just a bit like, every single, this was I like, I was taking comforts. And when I seen all the other people in County Road scenes, I thought every single person like that is thinking and feeling the exact same as I am. And I was going to feel, if not where some people, and that's sort of what I took. I was like, you know what? We're in this together. Yeah, I think I've heard a few other people have listened to a few other pods. Obviously, we haven't been on since last week because we've been celebrating and hung over and just in a, a world of pain. But you know what I mean? So again, it's yeah. just uh, after the match, I went out and I went off my tits. So <laughs> I, was, I was just destroyed anyway. So I've only just got myself together today. But I've heard a few people saying that that atmosphere and I'd agree with them, is the loudest I have ever heard Goodison Park in my life. Ever. Yeah. That's the loudest. And I don't think it would be like that if we were... God, I hope we find out. I don't think it'd be like that if we were going for the title. Because the fear of going down, to I think, is more important than... I mean, we'd all love to win the title, but I mean, you know what I'm trying to say, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that dog's a war sort of mentality. Yeah, it's like... It's not like... It's like... It's just like a war cry, especially when that goal went in. It was just like the whole place just shook, didn't it? It was just yeah, like, yeah. It was... crazy. It had Gary Neville saying it as well. He's he's never experienced anything like it, and Michael Richards as well. So for them to say that, you know, they played Old Trafford and been around Europe. That Michael Richards was at the San Siro derby last week, and he mm. said Goodison Park was loud. That's just it shows you, doesn't it? Gary Neville's played in a treble winning team. Yeah, but. That just shows you what Everton Football Club is, though. You know what I mean? It just shows you the difference between... I watched the Leicester game and I watched... Obviously not, but like when you look back and we the one that on atmosphere, purely and simply, we... You look at the Leeds game and you look at the Leicester game, they were down. They'd already sort of wrote themselves off and the fans... Now, if that was the other way around, I'd still think we'd do that. Now, if we if Leicester only had to beat West Ham and we needed a favour off West Ham, we'd still be exactly the same. Now, because yeah, I've yeah. heard a few people going, "Oh well, you know, you're only doing that because it's in your own hands." I don't, I don't think it, it is that case. I think no, because I was there anyway. in ninety, I was there in ninety eight and ninety four, and it was like it was, it was like that, and that was out of our hands, and it was just mental. But hmm. obviously, because it's it's fresher in my memory, I just think that one on Sunday was just like the la- honestly the loudest. I think I've, I, the loudest I've heard good is from Fiorentina when that Arteta goal went in. I think that was louder. That yeah. was just like frighteningly loud. It was just like bedlam, complete and utter bedlam. But uh, we're going to the game. Let's talk about the game for a bit and the player performances. I mean, well, we will talk about player performance. We'll talk about the setup at first. What did what did you think about James Garner playing, basically playing right back? I mean, we all thought it was going to be a Wobie, didn't we? But it was James Garner, and he, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, in, well, in the warm-up, they were doing this thing where they had the five set up, um, and James Garner was in that position. I said to me, Dad, I was like, 
he's got him playing right wing back there. I hope that's just sort of something that he's fooling Bournemouth with. And he didn't, and he was unbelievable. At first, I was a bit like, oh no, but he, that lad is different gravy. If he can if he can play in midfield and then move out to right wing back and it's like water off a duck's back to him, he can be some footballer in because you've got a player that can do anything. So yeah. like a James Milner for them. He's got a touch of class about him, money. Yeah. He's just, he like, does the simple things really well. I know that sounds stupid, but he doesn't overcomplicate stuff. He's just a tidy little footballer. I think as well, there was, there was a bit in the first half where the ball went over and where normally we've had players before he'll panic and kick the ball out or have a rash pass back to Pickford who can't control it or whatever. And he just creeps into the defender and just yeah. walks out of the defence. And I was like, yeah, under pressure. And I just thought, yeah, he's, he reminded me of a little bit like John Stone's coolness of him. Mm. There was another one, wasn't it, where they think he just... I think he had his back. Well, he was facing our own goal, and I think he just chipped it over the opponent's head and just ran past them. Yeah. Just done a little move past them. Brilliant. He was, brilliant. He he was brilliant. really good. I mean, for someone so young to be playing out of position like that, that that's all we want as Evertonians. We can get behind that. You know what I mean? He, he hasn't. He's come into the team, and he just looks like he's said to the manager, "Listen, if you want to play me in goal, I'll play. It's just as yeah. long as I'm playing." So. That's and as you just said there, mate, he's young. That occasion could have crippled him. That could have just swallowed him all, and it yeah. never. He stood up and was like, he looked like he was enjoying it, which we need. We need players like that. Well, I think he's got someone, he had someone next to him yesterday. Oh, yeah, sorry, on Sunday. in Yeri Mina, who was a, uh, he'd love to play with him, wouldn't you? Let's be oh. honest. He, he would absolutely love to play with him. And it's just a shame that he can't stay fit because undoubtedly talented as a footballer. But Brilliant. He gave us a lot, one last performance there, didn't he? I was proud yeah, of him. Yeah. Like, he, lo- he loves to fight, doesn't he, Mina? It's hilarious. Like, yeah, he does. He, he, I uh, seen something that he bit on a mix of lanky. I don't know how true it is. I haven't seen it, but I think he went to bite him and he, he sort of changed his mind <laughs> at the end. Um, I'm a bit gutted for Yeri Mina, only purely because the goal got lost that it was his last game. I don't love them to be able to walk around the pitch and sort of say his goodbyes properly the way he deserved, especially for the last couple of weeks that he's given us because he's been absolutely. Phenomenal since he's come in the team, he's actually changed the team. I, can I can't goals. believe Sean Dyche has got four 90 minute games at him. No one could do that. That's the manager, though, mate, isn't it? That's the man of the that sort of is it down to Dyche or is it is he getting me in the back? <laughs> yeah, well, watch it. Watch it. Oh, they might sort of say it now because this is sort of the season review as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, we'll go too deep into the season because it's mostly been absolute shite. But we know that. Do, you th- do you think it's from, I know we're not businessmen and we say we're not asked about Evans' finances and that, but do you think it's the right decision to let Yeri Mina go in the sense that he's just not reliable? Um, I mean, he's reliable when he actually plays, but I mean, his fitness... Through the mean, season. Yeah, but I think I said that on the last one as well, though, mate. It's like he hasn't just come back from an injury. He's been around the bench since March. Do you know what I mean? I think March... I can't remember the last time where Yeri Mina was actually out of the squad injured. Mm. It just hasn't been playing. Now, whether that's because he's had a niggle, whether that's because he's carrying something and Sean Dice knows that, but um, he's just been brilliant. But if it's a financial side of it, because we can't pay someone that much money for someone playing 10 games, then yeah, obviously it's the right decision. 
if it's purely down to the fact that if Dice has gone, no, I can get 38 games out of him and Everton have gone, no one are paying the wages, then we're back to square one. Everton again losing a boss player who the manager wants to keep purely because they can't afford it. Yeah. Well, there's another player, the player, we might as well go across the back line then. Connor Cody. I thought he was fantastic. I actually forgot he was playing, which says he's, he's had a solid game, but I think well, we haven't had an Sorry, go on. Just before we move on to Conor Cody, I just want to ask you something before I forget it. It will go. Because uh, you said it, and it's sort of stuck with me since you said it. Yeti Mina, this is going to sound quite thing, but is Yeti Mina kept Everton up in the way of, he's took Michael Keane out when we were dreadful. He's put Yeti Mina in and we've just looked solid. We've got a point against, you know, we beat Brighton. We got a point against Wolves, which he scored in, but was brilliant. And then he was brilliant again on um, Sunday to keep a clean sheet. I think he's been, a, he's contributed massively towards the year. I think Sean Dyche's persistence with Michael Keane just went on for too long. But even he eventually must have said, listen, I, I can't keep playing him. It's, uh, must have watched videos on him and thought he's, he's costing us all kinds of goals here. Yeah. I'll have to bring Yeri in and yeah, I think he'd be remembered fondly now, Mina. Very, very fondly. I mean, he is anyway. I think most Evertonians love him. He's just, he's just not reliable injury-wise. And I can understand why the club have probably said, listen, no, we, we can't. He's, he's looking for one last big contact now. I think he's 28, 29. Yeah. Everton have probably offered him a deal well lower on the money he's already on. But, and he's probably said, no, I can get more money somewhere else but to answer your question yeah he's been a big factor on why we stayed up he's been absolutely colossal in the last four or five games big time yeah I agree with you mate 100% but Connor Cody just talking about Cody I think Everton had an option to trigger that clause of four and a half million to buy him from Wolves and that's today and as of yet it's ten past six at night Um, don't seem to have done it I don't know why it's a no-brainer for me that I can we should be signing Conor Cody, and that to me says that we we haven't really got any money. Well, it, it screams it, doesn't it, mate, to be honest? But just will that be then? I don't know whether you know this, but if we don't do it today, can they demand whatever they want then? I haven't, to be honest with you, no. I don't know. But I think it was just a part of the deal that Thelwell's done, isn't it? And if we want to sign him, we've got till the last day, mate, to agreed price of four and a half million. Whether they're going to try and get him on loan open, again or something, yeah. I don't know. But I, I think you, you need to sign him, gotcha. even if you don't play him. If you don't play him every game, I think it's just he hasn't. Uh, he's just been brilliant, hasn't he? Connor Cody off the field. I mean, he's just a proper leader. Uh, everyone calls him a copite and all that, but I, I don't think there's enough leaders in that Everton dressing room, and he's certainly one of them. Like, I just like to put, raise a point in that copite thing. If you still think. Connor Cody's a copite. Go and watch his reaction when the final whistle goes. God, yeah. He's in bits, isn't he? Go and watch his react. Go and watch his celebration when he thinks he scored against Liverpool. Mm. Um, but he, I agree with you, mate. But I just, I, there's two things I seen about I seen him on Sunday do, and I thought he's um, but he's he, he's brilliant. Him, he's captain. Is when they warm it up and they go over to the corner, don't they? In the Gladys Day. He was giving it a come on, you like to the players. Here we go. Yeah, sorry, three things actually. The tunnel access video that Everton released, you can hear him in the tunnel. He's the only person you can hear. And when the Corey scores, he celebrates. 
and as he celebrated, he's then saying to the players as they're coming away from the celebrations, switch on, switch on. Yeah. Do this, do that, talking to them, making sure, yeah, you've celebrated the goal. Now we need to we defend. Yeah. yeah, we haven't won. And I just thought, I, I haven't said it. I was like, look at him. He's instantly like, right, we need to switch on now. He has to, Everton Football Club do one thing this summer. He's signed Connor Cody for four and a half million pounds because someone else will and someone else will get the benefit of him. Yeah, well, hopefully while we're speaking on here, he's signed, but I think it screams that we we just, we don't know what the finances are going to be like. And I think Sean Dykes was alluding to that in his aftermath. I think he was basically saying, I haven't been told if I've got any money to spend in the summer. Basically, yeah. Um, well, I'll ask you this question then, Paul. Go on then. Gary Maynard or Connor Cody? I think just purely for availability, it's got to be Cody. But I think Mean is the better player. Yeah, I see. It. But if you yeah. give me an option to sign one of the, you go to Yeri Mean and give him a new contract, which it's not going to happen. But hypothetically, or go and sign Connor Cody, I'd, I'd sign Connor Cody. And can we afford to lose two centre halves? Really, when you think about it. Well, we've got Brantway coming back, haven't we? But there's yeah, reason he, yeah. he might be gone. Michael Keane's not good enough. Listen, people 100%. can say I keep coming for Keane all the time. I have been coming for Keane for the last five years. He's not good enough. Mason Oggett's not good enough, even if he thinks he is. He's not good enough. Ben Godfrey slipped a little bit. Yeah, the jury's out on Ben Godfrey, big time. Is is he just an athlete or is he an actual defender? I don't know. I've defended him in the past. Um, yeah. But now I'm starting to see what other people were telling me about. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think you can. You can afford people. I've seen people on Twitter all the time. I was, I was tempted to reply to someone today. I'm, I'm not really active on Twitter at the moment. I'm going to take a little break. But uh, someone saying we need to get rid of Awobi and Zakore. I'm like, you can't get rid of every single player. We'll be left with no one. Yeah, we will be left with no players. You need a squad. I, I mean, so, I would definitely sign Connor Cody. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would as well. Well, got to go to the fella behind him then, Jordan Pickford. Another crucial save at the end. He's playing with two dislocated fingers or one dislocated finger. Uh, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, Pickford? Mr. Reliable. Uh, I think he's come out after the game and said he doesn't really want to go anywhere. He's happy at Everton and he wants to get into the new stadium. So that's what we want. Isn't it? We want that type of commitment at Everton. I think he is proper Everton now, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I think there's no really, there's no doubts about him because I've had doubts about Pickford, I've said in the past. I never really liked Pickford because of that Origi goal. It just stuck in my mind. I couldn't mm. get it out of there. I still left my soul at Anfield. There's still a little part of me there that just left my body when that goal went in. But I think I'm over it now. I've got to be. So, give us your thoughts on Pickford, mate. It, for me, mate, he's, he's up there with the best keepers in the Prem. I've had this argument with people. People like to give me the Al Ramsdale, Pope, all that type of situation. No, sorry. I, I'm not having it. Um, Jordan Pickford's up in the top five goalkeepers for me. He's the best goalkeeper. If anyone's out thinking we need to get rid of Jordan Pickford, blah, blah, there is no goalkeeper in the Premier League or, as I can think of, better than Jordan Pickford or will come to Everton. You're not getting either one of them. If they're better than Jordan Pickford, they're not coming to Everton. Um, So we need to keep hold of them 100%. He's kept us in the Premier League twice. Yeah. He's genuinely kept us in the Premier League twice. And we need to remember that. He makes that save I think in the like fourth minute. 
I think if he didn't play for Everton, the press would absolutely love him. And people will say, why do you keep saying that, picking on Everton? I just I just don't think we're a fashionable club for the England number one. So they're waiting for them to make a mistake. They want this Ramsdale and goal. And now Newcastle are like uh, the media darlings again because they've won the lottery. Yeah. They, they want him in goal. It's just like, I don't. I just don't understand. It's just, it's weird. If he moved to Man United tomorrow, I guarantee he would be lords of as one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. He, he would be. 100%. Rooney's in it though. Yep. Remember Rooney got, and they were all, oh, did you, is this kid is as good as he thinks? He went to Man United. He was the best. He was Paul Gascoigne. Lukaku Mark went two. to Man United, one of the best strikers in Europe. Yeah. Even though he's better at Everton. It's just, I don't know, it, it's just the, it's the Everton stigma around the England thing, but Jordan Pickford is probably, and I'm 30, so I've never seen Neville Southall, really. I, I, yeah, I have, I'm older. But, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> he's probably the best goalkeeper I've seen in Everton. Better than Nigel Martin. That was the one that I was thinking. Nigel Martin was boss, but did Nigel Martin ever go through this? No, he said, as you said, you hit the nail on the head before. He, he's kept us up, hasn't he? Even in that Brighton game, which is Everton's best performance of the season, it could have easily been 4 all, 5 5, if it wasn't for him. 100%. Wolves, mate. Because they yeah. could, Wolves could have been 3 0 up at the time, but yet he mean it even has that shot. shot. So, he, he, listen, I, I, I'm. Probably up there with Jordan Pickford's biggest fans. I've argued till I'm blue in the face. Many Liverpool fans, many other fans about Jordan Pickford. And he'll probably go and get sold down with two weeks and after look back and go, thanks for two that. Li- two Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll look back and go, I, I won't eat him. But no, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, mate, he's up there. Well, talking about fan clubs brings me on to the next player who I absolutely love, Adrissa Garnagay. For oh. me, he was Everton's best player on Sunday. I thought he was just unbelievable. I've heard things again saying he's been shite all season. I don't I don't think he's been shite all season. I think he's had some absolutely terrible games, by the way. Give away some stupid goals. But I think since especially since Dyche's come in since that Arsenal away game where he stumped the place out, I think he's been one of Everton's best players. I just thought he was everywhere on on a Sunday and if Anana wants to know how to play as a combative midfielder, just look at him. He's half his size. He's nearly double his age. It's just unbelievable. I, th- I thought he was man of the match. Me personally, I don't know what you thought. I did. Um, I think Garner was quite close as well, but it was a guy for me. It was his coolness as well. It's his, he just took, he takes everything into his stride. And I think Bourm- the, I think the Bournemouth midfield must have been thinking, oh, I wish this fella would go away. Yeah, he's a um, wasp. Yeah, he was just... <laughs> And where you just said there, Paul, that people are going, oh, he's had a bad season. He's had bad moments. Yeah, yeah. He's had bad moments. He had the Arsenal one. He's had, the you know, maybe one. Brighton oh. one with the back pass. But other than that, you know, he's been outstanding. He's the only player that I could probably hang my hat on and go, apart from them, them two games, really, every other game he's played in, he's six and above. When You know, what other player can we give six and above to? In every game, no, what I notice about him as well is because we haven't got a creative midfielder, he's trying to be that player as well. Yeah, but he, he's not that type of player, but he is actually trying. You can see 
you sort of saying in his own head, listen, someone's got to try and create something for midfield here because no one can do it because he's hopeless when he gets in on goal. He's just oh, he's hopeless in he, but... I don't know why he never hit that as hard as he can. Down. Yeah, so we just want to come on to Abdoulaye Decore and that goal. But before we talk about that goal, I just want to talk about his redemption arc as a as an Everton player. He was completely wrote off by Frank Lampard. He was just cast aside. I think at one point he was on the verge of signing for Fulham. I think it was nearly done. Mm-hmm. And for him to come in and he scored some important goals and he's played better than I ever thought he could play. I mean, that performance against Brighton was brilliant and then... That before I thought he was brilliant again. He was close to man of the match for me on Sunday, but uh, he saved us, hasn't he? He goes down in Everton folklore now. Yeah. Abdullah well, Farley, it is yeah. <laughs> With Barry Owen, Gareth Farley, he's James in that Stewart. club. Yeah. So, what what do you make of Takori, mate? Uh, just as you said, mate, just a different player. I think it shows more about Lampard than we actually sort of look at that he couldn't see. He. Sort of didn't want anything to do with him a little bit, but he's he's just come back. He could have come back with a bit of a sulk on, you know. He he never got his move, or he never he got his head down. He's thought, no, I'm gonna. He, I think he actually said didn't he, that he never actually wanted to leave, but it was sort of like he's gonna have to. Yeah, um, I mean, he's had arguments with Lampard apparently after wasn't it Southampton? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, you know, he sat on the ball at the Etihad, wasn't he? Just not bothered. So I think he definitely was on his way. Like, I think he was definitely mm-hmm. told by Lampard, listen, you, I don't want you. What does that say about him? But I, I think he's been, you know what? It's got to give credit to Dice because Dice is just, he's put him up there, isn't he? He's, he's, he's given him that confidence he's instilled in. He's probably sat him down and gone, new manager, clean slate, go, you know, go and show me what you can do. And, and he's just took the bull by the horns and absolutely won with it. And I think if anyone deserves a new deal out of this team, for me, it's him. Yeah, I'd agree. Definitely. But that goal, at that, you know, just before that, we were... Uh, well, before our time, really, don't know where you were, because you were in the uh, prawn sandwich thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, eating caviar and all that. <laughs> the, the Leicester score started coming through. Yeah, well, we can get Wi-Fi where time. we sit, so... But you were right then, were you? Yeah, we had all the streams on and everything <laughs> while you while you were struggling for, for your, uh, your, your, your bulbous star. Jamie sitting next to Laura Woods, getting all the score <laughs> updates. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, we did actually get it through, yeah. We got through Tottenham were winning, which no one really, it wasn't really Tottenham we were focused on. And then the dreaded come through that Leeds, were, uh, sorry, West Leicester were winning. And I think at that point we like I think James Garner had just had that shot and that keeper saved it and I just thought this keeper's gonna have a world here. I know. I was thinking the same thing, I was going, why is this happening to us here? Yeah. This keeper's gonna do a Ben Foster and just absolutely have a world here every time he plays against Sebastian Everton. Sebastian Frey for Fiorentina. Yeah. Just saved it with body parts that he never even knew he had. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what was the feel I I think you're just but what would you know when you went down at half time or you sat in your seat at half time? Yeah, did I didn't. You still have that, I did. Well, did you still have that? That's why I didn't have a feeling. No, I thought we were gone. I, I'll be honest, because I just didn't. I couldn't see us scoring a goal. Yeah, we weren't loading the box or nothing. We were getting the ball in the box, and there was no one there. And I just thought 
It was a wee, it was weird tactics. It sort of worked. I'm not having a go at him, but I think he sort of thought, listen, we can either go for this year or play our normal game, which is containment and try and hit them on a break. I think that's what he did. I think under Sean Dykes, I think a lot of our fans are going to have to uh, get used to the fact that one goal will probably do it. If a one nil up, he's, he's not going to throw caution. I know he's fucking sorry, swearing me, battered Brighton, but that there were basically five counter attacks, weren't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you can get it, if you can get away with it one nil, I think that's where the relief came from with the players. You could see it. I think he thought we'll get one here, we'll win. But he he smacked that so hard, doesn't he? I mean, what a goal that is! I mean, he hits that at hundred times. That flies over the bar. That kills someone, kills a pigeon or something in the in the park end. Do you know what I mean? But. Hmm. What a strike that is! Honestly, mate, like you don't really, I don't think anyone really appreciated the when it went in because it was just pure relief. But when you actually step away and look at it again, it was like Gary Neville was saying it was deflected. I, I don't think it was deflected. A, a tiny, tiny bit. Think I think so? it still goes in though. Yeah, just like it doesn't like back. yeah, it doesn't take it away from the goalkeeper where the goalkeeper sort of flat footed. It it still go, it's going in. You can't even see it. You couldn't see it, so that's how much of a deflection yeah. it is. But you know you can. But I don't care. I don't care if it is all three defenders and winning. I'm not really that bothered. Um, Seeing grown men cry, though, Jamie. Sorry to interrupt you. I mean, I've in this last two years in that in that Goodison Park, I've I've seen grown men, big strong men, reduced to rubble because of Everton. Just like. Yeah. And we've seen that. We've seen that fella. That have you seen him on Twitter? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Granddad George. I mean, it's yeah. just he's eighty-seven years of age. It, it's our lives. It doesn't matter if you're seven or eighty-seven. It's just it is our lives, and it just shows it when that goal went in. That just like it was ten months of just pure frustration and worrying and everything. Just like all come out at once. It was just amazing. It was amazing the atmosphere that one. It was. It was. It was surreal. It's a bit weird. I don't actually think it's even hit me now. <laughs> when we're on Wednesday, it was just. Listen, I'm the same as you. Um, I went down at half time, and I don't think me dad, me and my dad spoke two words to each other because it was just like Leicester are winning. We we could be here till ten o'clock tonight. And we're not going to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, this is it. The only, the only, obviously, the only thing we can think of is please God, West Ham score. So, when the ball gets played to this guy, I'm still sort of sat in my seat, which I think a lot of people were. And the ball gets put up, he puts it in the air, and I'm thinking, what's he doing that for? That was my initial thing of, why is he doing that? And then, within five seconds, I'm about four rows in front of myself. <laughs> you know, it, it was just it was just one of them. And then, it, it reminded me a lot like um, the Saha goal at Wembley. Where he's hit it, and as the celebrations have sort of died down, they hit you, and you look at the clock, and you think, "Hang on a minute, it's still half an hour to go here." Yeah, you know. And then the first twenty, like first ten minutes after the goal went in, you could see Everton's plan. It was like, "Right, we're done. Dig in." Yeah, this is yeah. it. Which I thought was dangerous against Bournemouth because I'm going to have to give Bournemouth a little bit of credit. I actually, I actually got a, on the bus into town. The soccer bus is it. I feel yeah. like a bit of a cop eye to be honest, going to town after the match. <laughs> um, getting the bus I went to into town, town as well later on. Like. No, no, but I, I had a hotel stay as well with this thing. Yeah. And, um, I went to meet my bed in the hotel and I got in the bus in, into town. I was like, I feel like a bit of a cop eye, a bit of a tourist getting the bus into town. So 
thing going. But speaking to some Bournemouth fan, and he was saying the same. He, he was like, oh, you know what? We never, we were never going to come and roll over and die. Because I actually said to him, why did you just make it that hard? You no, know, a little bit of an ice breaking. He, yeah. he said, he went, no, we were never going to come over. He went, to be honest, our fan base actually wanted to be the team that sent you down. He said, just for history, not in a malicious way and being like, I hate Everton, but we just wanted to be the team in history to send Everton Football Club down. Yeah. I was like, wow. He went, but I thought they played quite well. I thought they passed the ball quite well and I was a yeah. bit worried about them as well. I was a bit like, I thought these are just sort of... Yeah, every, they just seem to ping the ball around and never give it away. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether it's because I was nervous and it just felt like that, but I was saying to my dad, I was going, look how, how well they keep the ball. Every yeah. team, I say that about though. The only team who can't do that are Everton, but maybe that's just because I've got my Everton glasses on. I don't know, but in the, at the time in the game, I was saying, we're shite here. This is doing my head in. But I've watched the game back and it was a lot, it, we were better than... It's just nerves, isn't it? Just we were better than I thought. I was just so nervous in the game. It was just... You're not thinking the street. No one in that ground was thinking street. No, what a sing, not a single person was thinking street. I, I, the only thing, things I remember was the stage before the match, the Corey's goal and the final whistle. I actually yeah. don't remember anything else. I know it just said about Garner's tearing and all that, but... It was moments. I don't remember how good we were playing or oh, whatever. No. The subs? Did he make subs? Well, the final whistle. Let's talk about the final whistle. Well, I, I cried. I, uh, I did. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I cried. It's just like it's just. It's not because you made you made you are made up, but I convinced myself we were gone. You know this. We've had yeah. private conversations. I just didn't think we were going to get out of it, and maybe that says a lot about my personality that I sort of give up, but. You know, I was putting a brave face in it in here because you've got to. And But deep down, I was like, we can only do this for so long before we get caught out. And I thought that was it on Sunday. So when the final whistle went, I cried. And then I'd say after about two minutes, that ecstasy turns into anger. Because yeah. I said to my brother and my dad, I went, come on, let's go. And then it started people running on the pitch and that. And then I started, I stayed to shout, Sack the board, and I was booing the people off the pitch as well. Listen, everyone, it's it's up to you if you want to run on the pitch, but I will not celebrate that. Me personally, I just won't like no. it's it's nothing to be celebrated. It's 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 embarrassing that we're here, and people say, "Yo, you need more than just being Everton football." We are Everton football club. Man, Man City have only just equaled our record of league titles, and everyone considers them this astronomical, massive club. Yeah. So it's not it's not right. It shouldn't happen, and. Yeah, what did you make of the uh, pitch invasion? I'll give you your emotions after it. Was you just kissing the face off your dad and that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm the same as you, mate. I, there was a there was a woman in front of us who had the she put the ten minute timer on. I don't know how she was that calm to put a ten minute timer on a watch. Um, but it was a little bit behind. She must have done it on like the eighth minute or something. Eh, sorry, with two minutes gone. So when she looked, it was two minutes ago, but there was a fella in the main stand who literally had his phone raised with a, with a stop. It was like watching Sky. It was just like dropping down. And it was five seconds, four seconds, and I could feel myself sort of getting hotter and hotter. And, not, yeah. I it. and I was looking at the referee because, you know, the referee sort of, they'll know a pitch invasion's coming, so they'll run to the dugout as they're blowing the whistle. And... As soon as you blew that whistle, I just 
I've heard this expression a lot and people go, and I've never really felt it until that moment, but you know, people say, oh, that relief and it goes straight to your feet or it goes to your ankles or your knees or something. It did. And I've never felt it. I've probably... Like all, the t- all the tension had been released, you mean? Yeah. And it was just, everything just went and it was just not left. And the only thing left to do was, was crying. I'm man enough to admit it. And I'll tell my son if he ever asks me, what did you do? I'll say, I grabbed all your granddad and you know, just cried my eyes up like a baby, like a 13 year old kid, 31 year old man. But I don't care. I've told people, and people go, kind of go, don't care if I cry. This is that's what they do, and that's how much it means to me and you and every other person in the crowd. Yeah, that that's the emotion it brought out in me. If I was just to turn around and go, oh, well done, lads, clap them off and walk away, it wouldn't be real. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a real reaction because that's not how I felt. Yeah. No, it's like I was speaking to my dad. I was saying, you know, family is the most important thing in the world. Of course it is. It really is. But we've decided to be loyal to this thing that we've known since we were kids. And that's all it is. It's loyalty. We can't change football clubs. We can't do it. We can't just jump ship. So when you put that much loyalty and that much belief and that much of your heart and soul into it, it affects you. And I was, I was sobbing for a bit and then I sort of realised I'm surrounded by loads of Big men and had a lot to stop, and I got myself together. And yeah, uh, what did you make of the people running on the pitch? Because I personally think I've got a, a bit of a theory that there's probably people sat in that crowd who go, I'm never going to get another chance to get on this pitch. I'll go yeah. on the pitch and get a picture. Not a lot of kids were running on. So, but um, I thought the crowd, I thought the crowd were really good, didn't you? Because yeah, uh, Gary Neville summed it up. He said the more experienced fans, and Carragher said it as well, there's, they're not celebrating this, it's nothing to be celebrated. I think you're always going to get that. You're always going to get these people who, who will run up, want to run on the pitch. Um, I don't agree with it. Listen, I, I'll be honest. I'll my hands up. I did boo you off, and I did shout. I did get off the effing pitch. Um, you're embarrassing because you were. If you're on that pitch and you listen to this, you you've got your own reasons to be on that pitch. That's fine. But as everyone else looking at you, you were an embarrassment because. Nottingham Forest, yeah. Celebrating failure. Nottingham Forest stayed up. No pitch invasion. Newcastle got in the Champions League. Not a single fan on the pitch. You, you, you're embarrassing the football club in front of the world. And listen, it, it, it was a minority. Let's not let's have it right. It was twenty percent, if that, were on the pitch. If that, they were on there for ten minutes. But the one thing that got me the most and. And it's not even whether you're celebrating or not. You stop getting mean if I'm doing a lap of honour. He couldn't say goodbye properly because you run on the pitch. Yeah, it's, people go, well, it was relief. I was relieved. So were you. You were in the paddock. Yeah. You could I'm quite easily run on that yeah, pitch. No you could, yeah. you, 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 know, you could have done a forward roll and you're on the pitch, but yeah. you didn't. So you can't tell me relief t- took you onto the pitch because it didn't. I'm sorry it didn't. Um... And you love your and own you know what, as, Yeah, You know what as well, mate? If, if we get a fine, because they're waiting to do everything for absolutely 100%. everything that we do, and we get a million pound fine, all right, what's a million pounds in, the, in a multi-million pound football club, but it's wages and stuff like that. And I know I've said I'm not asked about it, but you can't moan about it. We're signing shite and that while you're doing stuff like that. You're, you're celebrating failure. You're celebrating good times, Bill. You'll probably hang that up now in his office. Yeah. Bro, you're running on the pitch with your flares and all them people 
who was stood outside on on County Road. Fucking what a, what a sight that was! Unbelievable. But he'll die off. He'll he'll get off on that now. Blue Bill, look at this. Another great day in it for the for Everton football. It's not a great day. It's disgusting. It needs to change, and that's where we'll come on to now. The sack the board chance from the crowd, and that was all four sides of Goodison Park as well. By the way, so these people saying it's a it's a minority. You're wrong. Well, You're wrong because my dad, my dad is seventy-eight years of age, and he was singing it. Well, I'd just like to point out I was sat in the director's box, and every single person in there was singing it. Jamie with his director's box, shout there for that. No, I'm just telling you. I'm only messing. Yeah, honestly, you know, I, I was in the. I'm really. I'm in. You know, the Irish no, no, stores. Yeah. You sat where they. You sat where they all sit with all the. You know, all the cojones and the meat sit, and he's here because he's he's bills. You know, such and such, and he knows she knows that he so she sits behind her and all that. It was loud, and by God, me and my half fella sang it because you can take, you can take the Gladys Street and everything that you can take the lad out of the Gladys Street, but you don't take him. You don't have yeah. to put him in the direct in that area and go. You'll be all paddock. right. The paddock, Jamie. The paddock. The paddock. Sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, and maybe we'll go over to minority. No, it's not. It's not because no. I actually seen it, and if they were sat. In that area, they divided as well by people sitting next to them. Yeah, just one thing that sorry, I've I've sort of missed the point out here. I just want to talk about Sean Dyche. Uh, he's had his doubters. I'm probably one of them, but I thought his after match interviews were just fantastic. Man, he said all the right things, hasn't he? He's basically said that we're not a big club when it comes to on the pitch, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. We need a reality check. Um, Basically, he's uh, basically call the players out. They've got comfortable in being shite, accepting that this is just the way it is. He said it's not good enough, and he better get ready in pre-season because basically he's going to beast them. So I thought he, he's won me round in them interviews. People will say, well, he should have won you round anyway. To keep this Everton team up, he needs all the credit in the world, doesn't he? He does. Oh, massive, mate. Honestly, I I think we listen. We he's made mistakes in his since he's been here. He has every football manager has, and but I think that so heightens because of where we are and the mistakes cost us when they couldn't cost us. Um, and we've we've got every single right to call any manager out on the mistakes he makes. But he, for me, the reason we stayed up, and all that's quite obvious to say. But any other manager we get, you ask a Leeds or Leicester fan now, they be fuming that we got Sean Dyche. When we got him. Yeah. We did we have got him and I can tell you now they'd have been thinking, Oh no. Because if he was available, the pair of them would have got him. He they they'd have got him hundred percent. He yeah. he's got, he's brought this thing back with the with the players of this sort of attitude of this horribleness. Now people go stay last season under Lampard and but we done that. We made yeah. them like that. Then the fans made them like that with Coach Welcomes and everything. I think we else. proved it as well with Lampard. I mean, he nice fellow and all that, but he's just not a football manager. So no, you can, you can, defi- you can definitely say it was the fans last yeah, season. Like. It was a hundred percent the fans, and we dragged them over the line because we gave them something to fight for. This season hasn't been. Listen, we've been fantastic as football fans, and we're the best in the world. And I'll, you know. There's no scenes that like it, but it, it hasn't been as big. No, there hasn't been Coach Welcomes. It's been one since he's been here. Um, we didn't see them off going to Wolves, where we did against Leicester. So we have sort of been a bit like, you're not getting it again. 
and he's put that in them. He's put this mentality of you can't get beat by, you can't let these down, these cannot be relegated, and you be a part of it. I think Cody said it. You know, we sort of been saying, do not be a part of the squad that gets Everton Football Club relegated. And I like his well, his press conference. Me for me, mate. I usually skip managers' press conferences. Yeah, I do. And I was actually captivated by him. I know people go, and it, listen, it's not his voice. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but it was just his honesty. He was just basically saying to every Evertonian, if you think this is going to get better quickly, you've got another thing coming. There's a lot of hard work to come here. And I think he's saying it to us. Yeah. Isn't I think basically I think he was saying to us, don't be surprised if we're here again, but I'm going to try everything. He's basically telling us that you don't know half of what he's up against. Mm-hmm. Now I think that means boardroom and players. Yeah. I think there's a lot of players at this football club who are just treated like a holiday camp. I really do. Massive step and stall, and I don't have to listen to anyone here. I'll be off soon anyway. You can make up your own mind who, who you think those players are. I'm not going to go into it right now. We'll soon see who gets sold this summer. But I think yeah. basically what he's saying, he's been for four, being here for four months and he's had that much to deal with. That it's, it's basically a miracle that we stay there. It's, it's mad, mate. And I heard some people like saying, oh, now, he's, now we're safe. It'd be time to get rid of him. I think it's crazy, crazy, crazy. You, who, who would you get? Because you're just going to go back on your word. You, you're now going to ban who sort of instilled his mentality into players, you know, bring his own players in. I think what I loved, what he said as well is, in a way, Everton have been signing whoever they, whoever they can get their hands on. I We need to sign players who are ready to play for Everton Football Club, who have the mentality to play for this football club. And I thought, I like that. Because really, apart from Richarlison, who have we signed that had the mentality to play for this football club? No, we haven't. Getty Mina, but he's always injured. Getty <laughs> Mina, yeah, but no, I think we've just got I think we've got a real manager here, and listen, I could be six months going get him out. Yeah. I don't like Everton, but I think under Lampard last year, we were all sort of punch drunk of the words, and we were like, oh, he's fantastic, and give him, an, give him a pre-season. Yeah, he gets us, give him a pre-season, all that type of stuff. Look at him on top of the in on, on top of the family boxes, jumping up and down with the fans and all it's great that isn't it. He's not a football manager though. He was just a fan. He was just a yeah. fan that was good at picking the team and was a really good footballer. Yeah, really, really good footballer. Yeah. But yeah. Sean Dyke lifted his arm when we stayed up, put his arm in the air, smiled, and was that was it then. Job done. Move on. Next. Which... Well, that's what I like about it as well, because he said it's all when he asked him about our plans for next season, and he pointed, and he went, it's all up there, pointing to his head, mm. basically saying that he's been working on it since he's got there. So, hopefully, fingers crossed. This is we need a manager. I want these players to be fearful of preseason, yeah. to just be spewing up all the time and training. Just yeah, that 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 we're all behind Sean Dyche. I know we've I've had many doubts and stuff. I don't know where they come from. I think I'm just fed up. Of, of Everton, basically. So, yeah. Uh, but let's go back to the boards because I did miss that point on Sean Dyche. Uh, as we speak, it's now quarter to seven at night on the 31st of May and there's still no announcement. Now, there might have been an announcement while me and you were on here that there's been changes, but I'm starting to worry that there's going to be no changes at this club. Or are we just waiting for this MSP to come in? What, what do you think? Um, I'm not worried because I don't think the dust is quite settled yet. Purely on what's happened, 
Um, what needs to happen? In your opinion? opinion, in my opinion, the whole of them, all of them need to go. I don't think Mercedes. Listen, Mercedes not going to sell it. He's not because he's building something that will add to the value when he does sell it. Yeah. You know, it's like buying a plot of land, building half a house, and then selling the plot of land for a lot less it'll be worth until the house is built. So he's waiting to build a stadium and then go, right, well, I can add another 300 million, 400 million, whatever, to the value of the football club now I've built this. Um, But every single person underneath him needs to walk out because this is what you've brought. This is your fault. You haven't been to a match since January, a home game. Maybe playing. I think Sean Dyke said that again. And I, when he said, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? He's right. This is the, the stretch, the most stretched we've seen the squad, but no one, no one had cared. He's had no support. No, nothing. From the, I mean, he might, he might, he's probably having different phone calls with with Bill and all that all the time, but we don't see that. But from us, just we only get to look at it like a fishbowl. He's had no support whatsoever. He's had four empty seats or five empty seats in that director's box. They're the people who are supposed to be supporting him. He's had none. These, these, ugh, we'll go into it. it just, I, don't, I know we've already covered it, so we don't want to just to do what they did today, us as fans in the, in January over that headlock stuff and all that. It's just get out of this fucking club. And I'm sorry for swearing. Just get out now. Oh, no, we need to. It's, it's just... It's, it's just disgusting behaviour. Graeme Sharp as well. If you if he had anything about him, he would have just stepped down and said, I don't agree with none of this. But he hasn't. Yeah. And now we're being told that he's fearful for his life and all. Fuck off, Graham. You just hadn't just fuel to the fire there. You could come to, to Everton matches. There's a lot of people who think you're a hero. Yeah. You wouldn't have any problem. Just 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 say that you distance don't want to be yourself. part of it. Yeah, just distance yourself from it and stop looking after yourself. Just I, I'm too well, angry honest, to, like, to well, articulate the words, but go on. Well, let, let's do it. You've got. Graham, Graham Sharp, who, you know, arguably Everton's best number nine, all that type of stuff, you know, legend of the football club. You know, many them fellas there that they see on Sunday, but he's their hero. Yeah, of course he is. So you you could distance yourself, Graham. You can, because you could walk away and go, listen, I don't want nothing to do, but you're picking a pay packer up. That's exactly what you're doing. You're picking a pay packer up of a football club that you 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 used to be loved at, and the the pay package too big to let go because you think, well, where am I going to get that sort of money from? But now? as football fans, though, as Evertonians and football fans in general, and I'm not having a go because I'm one of them. We're fickle enough that if he did come out now and said, "Listen, I'm really sorry, I'm distancing myself from it," welcome back to Goodison Park, Graham Shaw, yeah, you're a hero. Of course, we would. We yeah. would. Yeah, because we, we know. Listen, he's not running the day to day of the football club. No. In- He's not in heavily involved, I, I would imagine. Um, so we can sort of go, well, yeah, you know what? It's welcome back. But it, you're making it worse for yourself. You're actually making it worse for yourself by not coming out and not distancing yourself. Because you know what you dis- you What are you supporting? You support, do you not look to the left of you and go, you aren't even actually doing that well. Why am I staying here? You know, it's not like you're trying to hold on to a football. You're holding on to these board members because... They're gonna get it right in the end. We've been in two relegation zone, two fights. Yeah. But what are you sticking around for, Graham? The third one when we go down. Exactly. Just distance yourself. Come come away from it and go, nah, too much for me that. 
miles too much for me. Get a statement out by anyone, which you can do. I'm sure you've got people in the press or wherever, and get a statement out to say, I'm really sorry. Or before you leave, put a statement out. The other, side of the, the, the other side of the argument is, though, James, is that he doesn't, he agrees with everything that's going on. He agrees with Bill Kenwright, he agrees with the other board members. Now, that is a frightening, that's frightening if he does. Well, that's so, where he needs to be put in the same, in the same boat, mate, is get out. Yeah. If you agree well, I mean, that this is yeah. right, you need to go as well. It's got a board who are just, I've not moved. We haven't got a modern day football board. We've got a board that is stuck in 1997. And Easy. they've had David Moyes, who's got, who's got them out of shit for the last 11, 12 years, however long he was an Everton manager. Punched above his weight in a shoestring budget. Then we cut, then he's gone. We've had one good season under Martinez. Martinez has tried his best. He just wasn't very good defensively. He's brought top class players in, like, well, it was Moyes who brought Stones in. Lukaku, Delafeu. Yeah. Barkley, whether you think they're, they're top class, it's up to you. But then this new owner, yeah, this new owner's come in. I've said it all the time. He's took all of them away from us. All of them players are gone. They've been replaced with shite. They're not Everton players. No. We don't reckon. I don't. I recognise them on Sunday. That's Everton. But hell, that's that's last day survival. Don't want that. We've just been left with absolute shite. They've ripped us the, the everything that they can't add. Has got every asset is gone. And they're trying to get off on this new stadium, which will be great, by the way. But it's not enough if we're gonna have shite that going into that stadium. Just leave, honestly, Bill Kenwright. Just do the right thing. Just, just get out of the club. It's just hanging on like this. It's just why, why, why he's doing it? I don't understand. Just like... I, I haven't got the the right words to articulate myself because I've been holding it in for that long. But it's just they, they all need to go. And I'd even throw Mashiri into that, but I don't think he's going to go because we've just discussed that why, but just just give us a break and get out of the club. Even that, Denise, mate, you know what? Listen, I, a little bit in me feels sorry for her because she's been, now I don't know whether she has, but it seems like she's been thrown into a football world that she hasn't got a clue how to deal with. She's interviewing football managers. Now, if she's sitting there thinking, why am I here? But they haven't got another board member, so I've got to be here then that's obviously down to them. But she hasn't got a clue. I'm sorry, but she hasn't. She, in, in a way of... I'm not, listen, I'm not no, saying because fo- she's no, a woman. It's, a, a football it's football. She's got no football acumen, and that's true. Yeah. She hasn't. She's got no background in football. None. No, to, to, to be able to... You've got a football opinion. I don't care if you're a man, woman, whatever. Your football opinion is yours, and you are right to stick with it. That's yeah. fine. You want to you, you talk about football, that's great. You know, I'll speak about football with anyone but if you're making football decisions that's where the difference is you're making football decisions you've got to say in football decisions that fundamental, fundamentally change your football club you're sitting in, in interviews with Frank Lampard and football managers who've had vast careers who you can't even compare yourself to and you, you're judging them how on what basis are you judging that person? I'm sorry, but what 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 sort of experience are you going? Yeah, you know what? He's going to be a good manager, or I don't really fancy him because I didn't really like the way he spoke about this or that. The football aspect of it. Now, listen. If she's probably never listened to this, but if you do listen to this, take yourself away from it all. Go into the Everton and the community. Go into the stadium. Run that side of things, go in the lava beds, 
Yeah, she was brilliant at that, apparently. Yeah, go and do that side of it. Stay away from the football side of it. Be the CEO. And then say to them, listen, I don't want anything to do with the football side of things. You know, I don't think I'd, I should be here. But that then comes down to the main culprit. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to come on to. I mean, the, the real crux of what we're really going on about is this headlock stuff and then Bill Kenwright's letter. I mean, I, I haven't even got any words to them now. I mean, I couldn't really go into it at the time because we were threatened with relegation. We all did say... Our main focus is keeping Everton in this yeah. league. And we stayed in the league. Thank God we stayed in this league. But then that letter is just vile. It's disgusting. It's just a pissed up old man who's got a massive cob on. That's what it comes across as me to me. Yeah. And we still haven't seen no evidence that this woman was put in a headlock. Now, we have thousands of women who go to the match who all want to feel safe. And they've basically said that this woman was not safe at the game. Because someone will put it in a headlock. Now, what what kind of light does, does that paint us in to national media and other football fans across the world that a woman can't go to match because someone's putting it in a headlock? It never happened. It was a lie. And they still haven't come out and said it was a lie. Where's this evidence that, that any of that happened? Show us. Does and we'll all apologise and say, well, listen, oh, you, know, you were right. We're sorry. There's a video over there, yeah? It's just, they've got to go was- for that. Just, just that alone. It was dragging. It was deflecting the blaming, which have been which they've been doing for years. It was well, we can't blame the manager because we know them. We, we've done that, and the, the 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 fans are on them. Because let's be honest, right up until the end, a lot of people were still like not Lampard in, obviously, but there wasn't a massive cry for Lampard out until the very end. So they couldn't deflect it on him because we'd have all just gone, well, no, because it's still you. So they thought, well, we'll just deflect it on them. We'll just put it back on them. We'll just put it back on them and go, well, it's you. It's like, you have an argument with your bird and you go, no, it's you. Well, no, it was you. Well, you definitely did that. I never, you did it. And it's like... They're blaming you for their behaviour. Yeah, and it's like... It's narcissism. It's narcissism. Yeah, basically. It's how do we get away with this? We've done all them avenues. I reckon we just put it back on their toes now. Because you know what? the media will believe us because we're directors. Ian Wright, I know he's apologised since. He lapped her up. But can't yep. believe the Everton fans would do that. Dominic King has come out, uh, uh, you, you know, disgrace with the way we're treating um, Graeme Sharp and Everton legend can't step foot inside Goodison Park. He can. He can. I was just coming I'm out and say, listen, they've got nothing to do with me. I distanced myself from it. We just spoke about that before. Hmm. Seen Peter Reid coming out this week telling, saying that the board needs to step down. Neville Southall. Yeah. So, Alan Stubbs is all over it, by the way. He's absolutely all over it. But He's dead on Sunday. I was got... shocked about. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, he's gone into a rant there, but the board definitely need to go out. But just going back onto the pitch, how do how do we stop this from happening again next season? Striker. Striker. Light, bulb, light bulb in my head. Striker. I love Tom McCarvett-Loon. We all know that. But he's, he's we can't rely on him. We just can't. And if they do it again, and if he has a crack in pre-season, and we go, right, we're all right, we've got Calvert-Lewin back, and he gets injured the day before the season again, we're fucked. I think, we've been, so I think this is worse, mate. I think it would be worse than that. Though they'd be survival Sunday, I think it would be Southampton. We've got by in the skin of our teeth, literally. We've got the kid, Dwight McNeil, who everyone wrote off at the halfway through the season. Dwight McNeil's leading goal scorer of Everton Football Club. Yep. Dwight McNeil seven, on seven. Mm. No second. 
Abdullah Dukore on five. He's got 36 goals all season and five of them were in one game. Yeah. And a slight, and by the way, and did Calvin Loon score in that game? No, but he played really well. Though. He well played really well, but yeah. he never, you know, I think Calvin Lewin scored two. Yeah, he's injured most of the season. You know, Mopai, who he signed, scored one. Hey, it was so, a winner, though. It was a winner, yeah. Yeah, he kept us up. Imagine, that. He, imagine <laughs> he scored the winner on Sunday. I actually yeah. think the whole place would have felt a bit. But yeah. um, we need wholesale changes, don't we? We need we need fullbacks across the board. We need fullbacks. We need a creative midfielder. Massive. Now, what's that Coventry game? The other day when he played Luton, that Jokeresh looks a really good player. By the way, yeah, I'd t- I'd take a punt on him. Now whether you get him, I don't know, but it looks like he's got something about him. But striker for me has got to be the main priority. Like, I think it is as well. I think Dice is, isn't daft enough to not know that. Listen, he, he started to get Carvalho Lewin back. He got him back. He got him back playing well. He looked sharp. He looked fit, and then it went. And how Dice is probably thought, nah. He's, in, he's not daft enough. He's been around the game a long time. He's probably gone to his staff. No, he can't go into next season with him. I can't. But I was having a backup, a, def, a, a good backup, by the way. I'm not just talking that's going to get, you know, Chris Wood or, you know, Southampton. You know, I'm talking not going to get like Brentford's reserve like we did with Brighton. With Neil Mopai, or Everton, we've been offered him, so let's take him. Do you do diligence? Is this kid good enough? Is he in free? Uh, are he able to handle the pressure of playing for Everton? Yeah, like, like Neville Stout always said, I'm, he's sick of, of us going into games knowing that we can't win. Whatever Everton Football Club, we say it again. We shouldn't be going into matches thinking that we're not going to win. I do it. I say I we're not going to win this. And that's got to change. We've got to go into every game and say, we're going to win. Doesn't matter who you've got playing for you. Man City. Real Madrid, we're going to beat us because we're Everton. Paul, actually, this then, when was the last time before Everton played on the day you were confident Everton were going to win? I haven't got a clue. Probably Fleetwood Sounds in the cup, was it? Probably, yeah. And I think we only won 1 0. <laughs> Even that was a bit early, wasn't it? But yeah. I can't. And I don't mean that as a down pod, listen. And people might go, oh, now the, the moan again. This, we're not celebrating what happened on Sunday. We're relieved what happened on Sunday. We're made up. We're made up. We're buzzing. Listen, I've just told you. I've told. I've just told you all. I was crying. You know, I've just. Yeah. I went out with me. I went out into town, and you couldn't. Nothing in the world had to wipe the smile off my face that night. But on the Monday when I woke up, I'm not. I realised how bad and what I'd just been and what all of us have just been dragged through again. And I'm worried that we're going to be here again, though, because at the moment. It looks like we are going to be here again, and it's mm. only so long you can circle a plug hole for before you get sucked in. But maybe we can't. We won't be able to five again. Five is enough. <laughs> yeah, but seventy years in top flight football. I know I'm we don't win that. any trophies in the last well twenty eight, twenty nine years, whatever it is. But at least the last season at Goodison will be in the Premier League. And that has been playing on my mind. Oh, me. Really bad. Really, really bad. It's been playing on my mind that it wouldn't be at Goodison Park. But Goodison Park deserves a proper send-off and it will get one in the Premier League. So that's something to hold on to, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's, I think that was one of my really... One of the things that went through my whole body on Sunday when the final whistle went of... I just... Listen, I can't... You can't say how big that is. That, that, that stadium's been there for over 100 years. And 
for this board and these players to let that last season be in the championship is absolutely criminal, which it's not. And it's great that it's not. And listen, as I said before, we're all buzzing that it's not. But it was so close. We have to realise how close we've come. Like, it's madness. It's absolute madness that we've come this close twice. I know last season we were told never again. Did anyone believe that? If Mishiri was to come out now and go, never again. We'd all go, yeah, all right, I mate. Know. Like you said, I'll get you the striker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, to answer your question before, sorry, what we need. Before a ball is kicked in pre-season, we need change in the board. 100%. Before Dice even brings them back, before any players on the plane coming back, we need change of the board. So he, so the stability of the club ball, so we can start that season, next season, all pulling in the same direction. We, exactly. haven't, we haven't instantly got this divide and still got this divide. Again, Bill Kenwright, if you love the football club, you're creating this divide. Walk away. Walk away. Let someone who will... You can look at it from afar. No one's saying you've got to stop supporting Everton. You can watch Everton from far. Listen, you know, I hope you last. I hope you last the next five years because you know, I don't want anyone to sort of get ill. But in five years, you could probably come to Bombay Mordor if we're doing all right because you can go. You know what? You're just a. You're just a part of Everton's history, so come. You can come back now. No one's mm. ever not banished for life. Um, they need to step down. Honestly, God, that's that for me. That. That is the biggest thing now until the ball's kicked. We've got to get them out. And I know yeah. that all together now we're sort of doing right on it, weren't they? Well, there's a protest on Saturday that's always going to come on to outside the live building until 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Yeah. So if anyone feels really strongly about it, um, get yourselves down there, take your flags, banners, let's go and then just go about your day. I think you only got to stand there for half an hour or something and, and go on your way then. But we need yeah. to change it, this club, and. It's got to happen soon, but I think we might as well wrap it up there, mate. I think uh, we've covered everything there. I don't, didn't really want to do a season review because we just be talking about defeat after defeat, but we got there yeah. in the end. Um, thank God we can still do podcasts in the Premier League. We don't have to get in touch with any Plymouth fans and not and stuff like that to, to get <laughs> oh, them on. So, but uh, just before we go, I just want to say a thank you to everyone's been on on the show. You know, we got Jay, who's now living in Australia. So good luck to him. Got Anthony who tries to get tries his best to get on, but he's got kids bouncing all over his head. You got yeah. Canadian Jake who's far away. And of course you've got Melinda who's done a hell of a lot for this show. She's stayed up late to do pods. She's got up early, she's done her research, she's put notes together and stuff like that. And she's been a great host. So thank you to her as well. And to you, Jamie, thank you for being a part of this mad fucking fucked up, sorry for swearing again, journey where we just talk about Everton all the time. I really appreciate it. And you put a lot of effort in, give your time up and put shows together and put notes together and you do yeah. a better job at me and hosting. So, yeah, thank you for the... And especially to the listeners as well. Can't do it without you. No, no, thank, thank, thank you for listening. We've had some lovely messages this week and honestly, it means a lot. It makes it all worthwhile because sometimes we sit here and go, do we really want to be doing this? But we do. It's something that we really enjoy and can't mm-hmm. wait to come back next season. Thank you. No, and I, as well, thank you. Listen, Europe, you know, You've done as much as anyone, if not more, um, through the hard times. You know, I know there's all times, but there's times where you're just like, yeah, I can't, I really haven't got it in me to get on, but you drag yourself on because you know it's going to help you. And you yeah. drag me through season, uh, through episodes and games and 
you know, I'd like to think I do to you, or Melinda will do it. Me and you will be, you know, absolutely down in the dumping. She'll come on and she'll drag us through that episode yeah. and you'll feel a bit better. So, listen, I've got to thank you as well for everything, basically getting us through getting us through this season. Um, the, the shows that you've put together, the, the stickers that you got made, you know, if you see them out, out you can scan it or take it to us, that type of stuff. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. Someone someone went round sticking them up, allegedly. No, no, I, I think someone, I, didn't, I don't know who was based it up, but yeah. um, just everything, mate. You know, listen, you've, you've, you've been brilliant, especially for, for me and for, I know for a fact for, for all the other all the other guys and uh, putting that other show with the Crystal Palace fan, you know, making that show happen, making the, the one with the Tottenham, the Tottenham lad yeah. happen, all that type of stuff. It's a long old season. No, no, you've done that as well. You've got them on as well. We're just kissing each other's asses here, no? So, no, but, that's, but, but thank I you. Think we've I honestly, no, I really, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's it's something that you, you know, I'd, I work, but I don't really like my job, but I like doing this. So, I'll put my heart and soul into it, even though it's hard talking about Everton. I am a miserable bastard at times, but I think I speak for most Everton fans out there. It's hard to be positive when your team is constantly losing, but yeah. let's hope that changes and let's hope everything's in place now for us not to be here again. And by the way, the fixtures are out on the 15th of June, which is not long. So we no. might come up, we'll, we might come back and do it, um, a little rundown of who we're playing. But I think we deserve a break from Everton for a little bit. I just do. I just think every Evertonian deserves a break. So, but we're not going to completely go away. If we sign Neymar and Messi and all that, we'll come back and we'll we'll give you some little pods and stuff. And but we'll definitely be back for pre-season anyway. We'll cover Everton's whole pre-season. So, thank you very much for everyone who listens and everyone who's took part in the show and presented it and everything else. So yeah, just again, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. And probably so, for the last time, up the yeah. toffees. Oh. Up to the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.